Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. Genesis 8.15 And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wives and thy sons and thy son's wife with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of the fowl and of cattle and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that it may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his son's wife with him, every beast, every creeping thing and every fowl and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after its after their kinds went forth out of the ark. We talked about this last time and how Noah did not leave that ark until God told him to. But now that it was time to go, I can imagine they were ready to get off. Here, God tells him to bring forth every living thing that is with Noah. So they've all, they're all the animals are in cages. He has to systematically he and his family unload all the animals now some scoffers of the bible say oh how did the animals get all over the world after this point you know we have different continents how did they get all over there's several theories and many of them seem very plausible and i'll just talk about a couple but you can look them up again in answers in genesis or the Institution for Creation Research, and, and many other wonderful sources. But one is, if you think about this, remember they've lost, the earth has lost this canopy, and now there is going to be seasons. There's got to be very, very, very cold times now on the earth because of this great change. We know this is true because there are whole animals buried in ice that are tropical animals. So the animals go forth from the ark after the flood. They're, they're reproducing, and they start spreading. And then I believe, like many scientists, there was a short ice age. And so they ended up being stuck where they shouldn't have been, yet there was many uh, animals, so, you know, some get stuck there, but some make it down to where they are supposed to go. For example, everybody talks about the kangaroo. So kangaroos get off the uh, ark, and they start migrating. Now, it's not just two. They, they're having babies. They're having lots of babies. They might have already started at the end of the time on the ark. So they start migrating. That does not mean two kangaroo hop from the ark all the way to Australia. But over time, they start going different areas. And some areas where the kangaroo goes, they don't survive because it's not the right environment anymore for them. It's not where they can live. But I believe that there was this time of 
this deep cold, and and scientists say that the oceans uh, drop, the levels of the oceans drop during this time, and many pe- people believe that the animals could walk right across certain areas, that there was land masses where they could walk because the ocean levels were so low, and they could get wherever, and wherever the animals, for instance, koalas, they have the right environment where they're at, where certain of them ended up was the right environment for them. I believe there's many koalas that died elsewhere around the earth, but it was not the right environment for them. And that's why you see certain types of animals in certain areas. Again, I am not a scientist. Please do not criticize my theories. They're just theories. But there's a lot of research out there that validates that animals could get anywhere around. Just think of that island that we talked about that blew up. And there's animals. I got there somehow. We know there can be land floats, you know. The animals can be on floats in the land. And we know uh, after the Tower of Babel, men went everywhere all over the earth. And I know they brought animals with them. We know many animals were brought to the United States from the explorers. So it's not so crazy and far-fetched that animals got everywhere. So many times, scoffers and people that don't believe the Bible, what they think is such a big deal, how could that happen? If they just did a little research, it's really not a big deal at all. So that's what I wanted to point out about verse 17, but also that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. I believe that these animals were having a lot of babies. You know, I just talked to a lady recently. Her dog, her her dog had puppies, and he had four that survived. I don't think that was the case with a lot of the animals. I believe a lot of them that could have more. They were having a lot of animals, so they were breeding abundantly upon the earth. So Noah goes forth with his sons and his wife and his and his whole family. And they get off the ark, and right away, in, in verse 20, we see that Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings upon the altar. So this is before the time of Moses and his teaching of the children uh, of Israel, what type of sacrifices they were supposed to bring. So we know Where did Noah get this? He got this being passed down to him from Adam. As we talked, his dad was alive when Adam was alive. So Adam was taught by God this burnt sacrifice right when he sinned. That's how they got that clothing. And then we know Abel was knew about it, and we knew no Cain did also, but Abel did what was right and he had a burnt sacrifice. So Noah knows. I need to sacrifice to God. Why is he doing this? He is so thankful for God bringing him through this terrible time. And he sacrifices also to show he's a sinner still. And he wants to show that the only way that his sins can be uh, paid for or are marked justified in the eyes of God is through the shed blood of a sacrifice. Today, praise God, we are saved 
by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But here Noah took one of every uh, clean animal. This was a big sacrifice that he made. So when we go through uh, later in Exodus and Leviticus and we see what the clean animals, he sacrificed a lot right there. Uh, All these animals had been with them. They had cared for them. I believe he took the best of the clean animals and he sacrificed them to God. So this is a big uh, offering that he made to God. And it says in verse 21 that the Lord smelled a sweet savor. Now we know that God does not have a body as man, as, as mankind. And God's thoughts, his ways are not even close to our thoughts. But the only way that God can explain to us things about himself is describe, to describe him in a way that we can understand. And I think this is a beautiful thing about God. God isn't, doesn't have a body like we have a body, and yet he cares so much about us that he explains right here, and the Lord smelled a sweet savor. This is what God had Moses write down for us to tell about himself that he smelled this sweet, sweet savor. And so what is he trying to say? Think about ourselves. Do we like good smells? You know, I, I, Noah right here, he's sacrificing. That's like barbecuing steaks. Now, Noah's not going to eat this because it's a burnt sacrifice, so he's going to cook it all the way. But I like the smell of food cooking or good uh, smells of Uh, like sweet-smelling things, good smells. God is trying to describe to us that it was something pleasant to him. He, He doesn't have a body and have a nose like we have, but it's a way for us to understand God was very pleased with this. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. God smelled this sacrifice and he was pleased with what Noah did here. And there's differences of opinion on this next phrase in that he says, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. I tend to agree with commentators that the world we live in is cursed. It's sin cursed and we live with the curse of man, uh, for curse of sin and death and pain and childbirth. But I do not believe that the earth The ground itself is cursed anymore like it was before the flood because he says, I will not curse, again, curse the ground anymore for man's sake. Now, there's two different thoughts here. One is, like I said, that, yes, we have thorns. We have problems. There are issues. But that the earth just produced way more again after the flood, and God took away that extra curse. And, like, again, I'm not saying that there's not thorns. Obviously, we all know there's thorns and there's not problems and there's not floods and tornadoes and horrible things that happen. But I believe that God took that away for this time for the earth to just produce over abundantly. The other view is that he said, he's saying, I'm not going to curse it again. Like, I cursed it at the beginning. I cursed it by destroying it with a flood, I'm not going to do that again. That's the other view. I, I tend to look at this as how it's written here. I will not curse, I not again curse the ground anymore. Anymore seems to tell me that 
it was before and now. But like I say, I'm not the expert on that at all. But praise God, he's not going to curse anymore for for man's sake. This is wonderful. We know someday judgment is coming, and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. But until then, we're not going to be destroyed by a flood. The entire world is not going to be destroyed uh, while while we're here. It's not going to happen. And he says here, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. He's saying, this is man. This is what man is like. He could be cursing it over and over. Right now, we could be living in a time where God has full reason to curse our world. But he says, man's imagination is evil from his youth. This is sad, but... You know, as a mother, it was really hard for me to see my kids not to have to be taught how to do wrong, and they did wrong anyways, myself included. When I was a kid, my mom and dad did not have to teach me how to lie. They did not have to teach me how to hit my brother or sister. They did not have to teach me how to do wrong. They had to teach me how to do what's right. You know why? Because in my heart, from my youth, there's evil imaginations. And that is so sad and yet true. And it's really sad that moms and dads can't see that to be true in their children and see that their children need a savior, that they aren't naturally good. Even that naturally well-behaved child in your home, I had one that was more behaved than the others and didn't mean that they were not without an evil imagination from their youth. We need to share the gospel even with our youth. We need to see that our children have an evil imagination from their youth. And this is important to understand as mothers, as aunts, as grandmothers, that our offspring needs the gospel and needs Jesus Christ. There isn't a child born that's perfect. There's not a child that's, oh, yeah, they're innocent and not knowing how evil this world is, but they're not innocent in that they don't have sin and evil dwelling in their hearts. And it breaks my heart because you see beautiful little children. They are wonderful and loved of God, yet there will become a time when they will understand that they are sinners, and they need a Savior, and we need to share the gospel with them. Heavenly Father, I pray that we as mothers, as aunts, as siblings, would be always sharing the gospel, and with with young ones too, obviously ones that need to understand, but as children, children know that you love them, and they can know that you died for them, and you can save them from their sins. And I pray that we would do all we can to share that good news today. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me 
Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may he greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following his word.